welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard and joining me is a gentleman by the name of Ed Baraff. And Ed's been on the show before, so you technically is a repeat offender. But technically, <laughs> <laughs> technically, this is kind of like a work in progress because technically it's also a quick start on the kickstart. So I'm very confused because um, we are in the last couple of days of um ed's kind of current kickstarter campaign um, yeah yeah are. legendary so, glad, yeah. creatures is got is ending in just a couple days so there we go so hello ed how are you good good thanks for having me no again. it's uh, i know it's I, been... I don't know why i'm here again but i'm i'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> thanks very much um but you've been i mean you've been busy since we last spoke i mean um last time we talked it was a bit herbaceous so Herbaceous um, came and went, it got funded, and it's out there, mm-hmm. and it's a lovely, beautiful little kind of card game. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, now you've got Heroes and Tricks, you were involved with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you had, was it, um, and now you've got Legendary Creatures kind of out there. So um, Yep, yep, yep. How's the campaign been going? I mean, looking at it, this, you're funded. Um, yeah, yeah, you've... it's it's been going well. It funded, I think, on day two or perhaps morning of day three, and yeah. you know we've been working on it, knocking out some stretch goals, and and get gearing up for the the final forty eight hours. So, I mean, overall, it's been it's been a solid campaign. Mm-hmm. We're probably coming on six hundred twenty type backers. So mm-hmm. not not the largest. Herbaceous was by far my largest campaign, but, um, you know, number of people are going to get a chance to play and get the, the project moving to get the game kicked off. That's cool. So for people who have been maybe sitting on the fence, they've been kicking about Kickstarter, um, because of other, obviously big cam- other big, huge, massive campaigns that have, nobody can ignore. Um, what's, what, well, how would you sum up legendary creatures for people that haven't kind of ventured and had a look just what's, what would you say the elevator pitches for legendary creatures? Well, so in, in legendary creatures, uh, you know, thematically you're playing as these apprentices who are trying to become the next druid, and you're essentially racing through these realms. And it's a creature combination slash ability resource management game. So what you're doing is you're basically starting with a deck of fantastic creatures, legendary creatures, and you're combining their different abilities in the order in which you play them to drive in these different realms. And so it's got a lot of card combination, variation in the play and replayability around just what creature you use, how you use it, what resources you generate. So it's it's a meaty game. It's designed by Christopher Hamm, who, whose first game was Strife. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's played Strife, he's got a really nice um, ability to make sort of complex and interesting gameplay decisions and it's it's in spades in legendary creatures how many to i mean have you is you've been playing it a lot yourself i mean has it been something you've been play testing quite considerably oh, yeah. yourself yeah oh oh yeah i mean i have i have to i i i run play tests he ran some mm-hmm. i did blind play tests i mean i mean i've played that game a lot of times <laughs> man <laughs> 
And I still enjoy it. And I still enjoy yeah. it. it. You know, it's absolutely a game I can sit down and play again, again, and again, and and do different things and try different combinations and see how other people are playing. Um, so it really has that range. It's a longer game. It's easily the longest game that Pencil First has put out. It's about thirty minutes per player. So you're looking at really? you know a sixty minute to two hour game. So it's 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 meaty. Yeah. Um, but the actual Game flow is pretty straightforward. It's really the sort of different decisions and, and routes you can take as you play. Because um, Liftoff, that was probably, that was the biggest one kind of before, I think. I mean, Heroes and Tricks was always just have a nice kind of light, lightish yeah, kind of yeah, passing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is my first big box game mm-hmm. since Liftoff. And uh, it reminds me a lot of, you know, <laughs> a lot you have to think about when you're doing these bigger games. Mm. But... Um, it's certainly, you know, after after liftoff, I did Gem Pact, which was a small box, yeah. Siblings Trouble, small, uh, Heroes and Tricks and Herbaceous, and all those were um, 30, 20 to 45 minute type experiences. But um, this is more in that longer play, more strategic. So a lot of interesting things going on. I mean, I think I'm going to still end up doing a bunch of different stuff. Like the next game in the lineup is Sunset Over Water, which is made with the entire Herbaceous team. Yeah, so yeah. that one's back to 20-minute filler. Okay. Um, so I so I think we're going to – Pencil First is going to be all over the place, frankly. <laughs> so is, that Be- is it Beth Sobel doing the design work again, the artwork on that? Uh, yeah. So for Sunset Over Water – Beth Sobel's doing the art, Steve Finn's doing the main design, Keith Matega is doing the solo play, Ben's doing the graphic design. Basically, we all had a great time on Herbaceous, and we were like, <laughs> what are we going to do next? So we started another project together, so that's been a lot of fun. kind of like getting the gang back together then. Can I- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's not always the case, but generally on projects that um, I lead, I try to, you know, it's not people are all distributed so it's not like we're all in the same place but we try to have a good rapport and communication between the team and we're sort of all working together i don't really do the sort of designer passes over a prototype and then you know you you then process it afterwards without the designer this is all really collaborative product Mm -hmm. development together Mm -hmm. game development has have you um have you had to dust off your big box shoes again you know after kind of doing the smaller games in the last couple of rounds is it, have you had to kind of relearn a few things that you maybe had put to one side since liftoff yeah yeah well certainly having to just remember the amount of work in the rule like dealing with a, a rules for a larger game yeah um is like you know there's just so much of it and dealing with lots of different components uh, Legendary Creatures has really cool custom meeples like uh, Liftoff did. They're not painted, but they're still pretty cool. Yeah. And just boards and cards and chits and like, you know, all these little things. I'd also say, you know, I play tons of games, so I don't, you know, I, I can cycle between filler and, and, and longer play games, but I definitely had developed more of a lighter playtest group yeah and people doing that so i I definitely had to extend beyond people i had been playtesting with for some time to get more uh, you know deeper experience no no yeah 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 yeah. 
No, I understand. I mean, you had to kind of go back to the... Because the guys, it's like saying to people, here, do you want to play um, Heroes and Tricks? And then say, hi, guys, do you want to play, um, do you want to play Scythe? Or do you yeah, want yeah. to play it's, Twilight it, it, Imperium and just watch Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's that kind of thing. And, and, and with Herbaceous, because that was actually the last one, mm. that really was a situation where that was very much this sort of super entryweight, lightweight, play it with anyone, you know, send it to your mom, you know, yeah. like really like super easy to get into quick play type of experience and to sort of sit down and be like, no, this is, you know, this is going to take some time. You're going to build a strategy. You're going to have, you know, there's some deck building elements or creature party building elements to legendary creatures. And so, um, you know, it, but it just expands everything. I think it, it makes a ca- campaign harder, right? Like, Pencil First Games is really about just making cool, fun projects with people I want to work with yeah. more than anything else. And so it's a little hard to carry an audience if you're going to change everything. Like if you're just doing tiny epic stuff and you're doing tiny epic stuff with the same designer and the same idea for the game and you know you can sort of cultivate and build that audience. But when you're like, well, there's – the liftoff folk, and then there are the storytelling siblings trouble folk, yeah. and then there's the herbaceous flower folk, like to legendary creatures. It's a little, you know, you they're not all the same audience. No, it's sort of a shifting no. audience, right? No. And you, you, I mean, I can imagine people that would check out, that were really, really into herbaceous, having a look at legendary creatures and going, oh, this this looks big. This looks this looks board game with a capital B, and then maybe having yeah, a stick and, and, and I, I actually... I worry about that a little bit, and mm. uh, one of the nice things is uh, some people are like, I played Herbaceous, and I, I looked at this. What's really nice is when they say something in that email, because I reach out to every backer uh, via Kickstarter and say thank you and let, ask them if they have any questions and stuff, and there's a lot of them that said, I came with Herbaceous, but I watched the video, I saw how to play, I read the rules, stuff like that makes me feel really good. Uh, you know, I, you know, if It concerns me a little bit if, and there's a lot of, words on the kickstarter page so i don't think the kickstarter page shows anything but the game it is yeah but i I, you know if you're like hey i played herbaceous in 20 minutes i'm gonna play legendary creatures in 20 minutes it's like no you're not (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna and so you know you just want to you know you want everyone to back and to come out of it with a game they love right so that's a big part of it yeah yeah has it been um i take it as being kind of like a, a kind of a go back to things especially since you've got all the components to consider and things like that has it been has manufacturing changed quite a little bit since you did lift off have you noticed kind of changes in how things have done since there seems to be there seems to be a lot more bigger box games kind of going out of kickstarter have you know have you noticed things have slightly yeah. changed in the manufacturing side of things or is it still the same you know, uh, maybe a little bit, mm. you know, like the custom meeples was a pretty no non-starter. I mean, not non-starter, no-brainer. Like there really yeah. wasn't any kind of, you know, I think when I was doing liftoff, it was a little bit more weird. But now it's like, oh, well, sure, here's your custom meeples. <laughs> um, I think for the most part, it's all about my experience and my relationship with Watts games. I did liftoff with Panda. Yeah. Um, but since then, all four of my other games were with Watts. And so I have a really good relationship with those guys now, and we work on a significant amount of projects together. And so there's just more comfort, and I get sent, you know, it's just, it's a really nice dynamic with that printer. And so that really helps the process along. Um, So, you know, I feel good that we're going to come through and make a a really high quality product. And and that's important to me. One of the things that I've tried to do with all the pencil first game stuff is make games that people really feel like, 
are as intended, right? Like they're they're nice components, mm. nice art, fun gameplay, and then all sort of rolls together. And you know, you you might not like all of them. You mentioned Heroes and Tricks. Heroes and Tricks is a game that really splits people. Some people love it. Some people feel like it's way too chaotic. But you know, the execution of it was really like this is the game we're making, and hopefully you love it. But you know, if you don't, it's you know, it's it's. It's not because it didn't all fit together, it's just you don't like the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's different, I think it's different, it's horses for courses, isn't it? I mean, when you see, <laughs> it's just, you know, you can't, again, it's like, well, did you play Gem Pack? Did you, did you play, you know, did you play Herbaceous? Well, here's Heroes and Tricks. I mean, they're relatively slightly, I could see somebody picking up Herbaceous and then going to Heroes and Tricks and saying, well, that's a completely different game. And I guess, but what you're doing is a good thing because it's very, very easy for a game designer, um, sorry, a game publisher to be labelled with producing kind of certain types of games. And if you're already going in and saying, well, we're diversifying and we're doing, here's a big box game, here's our set collection game, here's our trick game, you know, that's kind of, that kind of, I guess, puts you in a good footing for where you go next. Because if you go and do something different, people aren't going to be turning around and going, <gasps> Pencil first are doing something completely different they've never done before. You know, how are they going to deal with kind of doing all these yeah, kind of different yeah. things? So it's kind of, it's yeah. kind of cool. I think, I think there's, there's truth to that. And, and, and again, you know, we're, we're, it's more, you know, it's not, I don't have any employees, right? So it's, it's me, but mm. the, <laughs> I, uh, it, it's, it's really about, um, making the game that, you know, uh, I'm excited about with a, uh, either I'm designing or with a designer who's super excited about it and bringing on the right artists. And it's really these projects where we pull everything together and work and make a cool game. Um, you know, making sure that you can, you know, communicate it in a Kickstarter and do all the things you need to, to actually make it a reality. You, you have to be good at, but, um, it's not so much, you know, I'm not a publisher in the sense of, you know, um, this is it's a hobby pencil first games is a hobby yeah. company it's it's a hobby for me so um i i think that um it's an awesome opportunity to make cool things connect with people to support them and bring them to market and and, and i'm really excited about doing each and every one and they're just all different you know they i'm working on a game with uh keith mateka now mm -hmm. uh that's totally different again so we're, <laughs> we're doing all sorts of things <laughs> were you um you know when we spoke last time which was um almost a year ago were you, were you surprised by how well herbaceous did uh or were you yes confident? i mean i i i was i wasn't I, I i wasn't like shocked no but um i i certainly it exceeded my expectations mm. um i it's one of those things in many ways of everything in all the games i've done herbaceous was the most like a product that in the sense of um, it all started with this incredible herb art that Beth did. Yeah. And I was like, I looked at it and I was like, we should, there should be an herb game. Like, why isn't there an herb game? <laughs> we should make an herb game. And then I was sort of working on it and I wasn't happy with where the design was. And I was like, I wanted to work with Steve. Hey, Steve, you want to make an herb game with me and, and Beth? And, and then, you know, when, but the whole way through it was like, this is going to be a game that's lightweight, that you can play with your family, that you can play with your parents, like very very particular to me was like, I want a game you can play with grandparents. No, no, yeah. The, um, you know, my mom was, when I showed it to my mom, and she says, so this is, this is a card game. But there's not all these, 
I've seen your card games. They've got like pictures of dragons and heroes and numbers and there's like text underneath and I can't make head nor tail of them. And it's like, no, this is, this is a card game. And she's like, this is beautiful. I could, you know, I could write on the back of these and send them to my friends as postcards. And says, if you write <laughs> in the back, <laughs> if you write in the back of these cards, yeah, you can be a yeah, lot, you a lot of trouble, mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and so, but so the interesting thing was, so that it was like the audience and the market from a product perspective was crystal clear. Yeah. And so I think we, and I, it was in the campaign page, we really struck at that heart. I mean, I think I, I had like a Mother's Day card and yeah. all sorts of things. And, um, and it was, it's been wildly successful. Most of the other games that Pencil First Games have done have been sort of like fun, designery, interesting, their own sort of personality games. They weren't like, let's take dragons, card drafting, and uh, you know legacy and roll it together like there the, everything else on pencil first is all about the game yeah and so a lot of those games take you know a really long time to make years to make and then you know they do well but they don't do well as the herbaceous which was relatively quick comparatively to those games and just hit an audience in the right way and it was at the right weight so you know it's both like exciting at the same time as sort of depressing. It's like, you know, that game we spent three years working on, you know, people didn't get it, but this game that we put together that was really limited, but really specific to an audience caught on fire, not on fire, but did really well. So it just speaks to the difference between like making games and making products. And so it's been interesting. It's been something that I think about. Um, Take Legendary Creatures, for example. Legendary Creatures is interesting because it is a heavier, it's a little longer than the artwork suggests. It's bright and colorful and feels yeah. like it's sort of a quicker game. And, and it's not, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's a little bit of a mismatch. And when you have a little bit of a mismatch, it gets a little harder to describe the game and it gets a, people hesitate a little because they're like, oh, well, I like the looks, but you know, it seems a little long or... I don't mind the game time. The game seems great, but it sort of seems a little cartoony. And you, you sort of sit in between audiences sometimes, and that can make it tough. Um, I like that, though. Yeah. I like the artwork. To be perfectly honest, that's one of the things that... Because I'm a bit of an art snobby type guy. You know, if something's got good art. But what I like about... do you went, See, when I saw Legendary Creatures, one of the things I thought about is I thought it looked... It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, you could potentially see it on the same shelf as you would see, like, say, Catacombs 3rd Edition or something like that. It was kind of, it had that kind of cartoony, pleasant, I would, this would be a game I would show people just because of the artwork kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, so I mean. Yeah, it, well, I mean, and again, I, 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 lo- so, and part of it is my taste too. I love color and I love pretty mm-hmm. and I love fun and I can have a heavyweight game that doesn't have to be like, you know, gritty and dark and red and black. And so, like... Um, We've got but, enough know, of it, that. It, we don't need any yeah. more of that, you know? You know, I think that way. But at the same time, it it's still, you know, audiences are audiences, and when you don't do what's something they expect, it's confusing sometimes. So, yeah. you know, again, it's just... It's it, it's all part of the learning process, and, and, you know, I've been just trying to, you know, do more and more of these games, learn more, build up you know, relationship with the backers, try to deliver and do things the right way. And, you know, I'm having fun. So that, that gets me most of, most of the way. So let's talk, um, 
let's do some quick prices on it because you can get the base set for it's is it thirty nine? Yeah, it's thirty. Yeah, it's thirty nine, and probably if you're in the UK, I want to say it's forty nine. I, I could be mistaken. I think it's, I gave that. I think UK was ten dollars shipping. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yes, yeah, it's but it's an extra ten pounds for shipping to the UK. So well, ten dollars. I don't know. Ten dollars. Yeah, ten dollars. So that's about eight pounds. So it's yeah. not really. It's very cheap because every 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 time you try to ship something from the US, normally it usually costs about one hundred and fifty dollars to ship. Over. Well, that's really for for what it's worth. It, this is this this is the first time on a campaign I've given um, the UK specifically. Um, what I've essentially given is Canada pricing because um, I, I usually bu- on past campaigns I, I bundled all of EU together. Yeah. But in reality, since I ship from from uh, Game Quest, which is based in the UK, yeah, I was looking at the numbers on the last campaign and and actually because th- it's not the lightest game. I mean, it's a heavy game. There's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were looking at the numbers. I was like, oh yeah, I can give them a better deal for UK. So. Aww. There you're, you have it. You're so nice. That's, <laughs> no, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, there's um, there is nothing worse than, and it seems to be the trend nowadays is that you'll have like, it's fifty dollars or it's seventy five dollars for the game, and then there'll be shipping will be charged after the event, and you get all the way through the pledge manager, and you discover that shipping is going to be like fifty percent of the actual cost, and I think people are getting educated that actually it does cost money to ship something you know, Amazon's done everybody a disservice by thinking free shipping means that it costs nothing to ship everything everywhere but it kind of costs a lot of money but now that's a really good rate but you're also doing what you did um, you can get herbaceous as well, so you've got your herbaceous bundle so you can you can get legendary creatures and you can also get herbaceous included and then you've got the adventure bundle which is $79, which includes the siblings' trouble and heroes and tricks as well. So it's a nice yeah. combination. It's kind of like welcome to the kind of the pencil first kind of family. Here's the other games that we do. I don't really see other, I don't see other companies kind of doing that, which is an not, interesting not, tactic. Not as much. Dr. Steve Finn does it um, with his games, but some, sometimes people do it. There's a lot of people that are sort of against it. Mm. I think. If you're you're small, um, you know I get asked about all that stuff all the time. The interesting thing is, you know, Liftoff is sold out, hmm. Gem Pact is sold out, mm-hmm. and actually, at once once these siblings trouble and heroes and tricks ship, both of those games will also be sold out or near sold out. Mm. So, um, you know, it's 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 it's, it's interesting for me because right now. You know, I have to sort of figure out how to do reprints on certain games, or you know, it's not as obvious as people think. No. You know, if you have a game that's not a, a massive hit, it's it's not that easy. Herbaceous is the only game to date that has been both successful enough and, generally speaking, cheap enough of a game that I've been able to say, you know what, I'm going to take seventy percent or fifty percent. Of like the bank account for the company, and put it towards this reprint without trying to do a, you know, a, a, a another Kickstarter reprint. Yeah. Well, I mean, Isaac, so. you know, Isaac Childress. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
he says hello because the only reason the second edition of Gloomhaven kind of exists is because he had to go to Kickstarter. He couldn't just go out and say, right, this is really successful, boys. Um, I'm just going to reprint it with uh, all this money I appear not to kind of have. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and it's crazy. I mean, I you talk about shipping. Back when I did Liftoff, I, I totally bought shipping. It was, it, the game weighed more than I thought it was going to weigh, yeah. weigh and it ended up, I lost a lot of money on that game. And so um, the the reality was, I mean, getting shipping wrong is is really tough, and 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 having a bunch of extra money is really tough. So like with Liftoff, I was in a situation where it sold out. I could have reprinted, but I would have had to spend like fifteen thousand dollars at the time. I didn't have it, so let's say I had it fifteen thousand yeah. dollars to do this reprint. And if every copy of the reprint sold, I might make twenty thousand dollars, right, or twenty one or something. And so suddenly, maybe a little bit more, but but it would have been over like two years. So suddenly, it's like, well, I can take all this capital and invest it at, with a risk that the game's not going to sh- sell. Because if I printed and it didn't sell, I'd be sitting on a bunch of heavy games, right? Yeah. And so, no, it's really tough. I've been trying to get liftoff going again. I actually put together a full expansion. Um, but liftoff was a little bit, um, underwater, which is upside or upside down because the component and component quality was so high that it, it, it should have been a $60 price point, but I was making it $50, which is fine. But the market and family weight nature of it should have been $40. So, I had a game that was selling for fifty. It should have been selling for forty, but the components were sixty. So it was really hard yeah. to justify it. So I've been looking at perhaps moving to a new printer, trying to do things, different things, maybe reducing some pieces or, or getting rid of an extra. You know, because Herbaceous, or excuse me, Liftoff does a lot of things like I would never do again really? as a game maker. Well, just like it's got a full fold-out board. That you put another board on top of. Yes, it right? does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and the board underneath it, all that does, other than be pretty, uh, is show you where you know the the moons go, right? And like, I could have made the shards just a little bigger so that you could put the moon on them as it went around, and I wouldn't have an entire extra. And it wasn't even an. It, it's like a super nice board. Like I, you know. Liftoff is awesome quality game, right? Like Liftoff is really, amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's no, there's no too short. I mean, you kind of set, you kind of set a bar, kind of that thing. Because if I get, you know, for um, you're right. Okay, you ruined Kickstarters for me for about forever, really. Because <laughs> any other Kickstarter I got through, if the card, even the card stock was a decent thing, the meeples had like, there were little kind of. They had little pictures, little pictures on them, but there wasn't stickers. You'd actually somebody taking the time to paint the colours on there. The board, the cardboard was it was a good size. It was just everything was like really, really nice. So you kind of ruined anything well, else. Yeah, I could, and you know, you I know. get I get a lot of I get a lot of kickstarters, and yeah. you know, there's a big range um, in, in in component and, and game quality, and there are people who care about that more than others. Yeah. Um, but 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 when you but anyway, all of that together put the game in a bad place yeah and i probably get i get requests for liftoff all the time and you know if you've made something people want you want to be able to to do it but so anyway right now i've been going through quote and quote and option and option and what i think i'm going to do next year perhaps is sort of a reprint 
deluxe new version that maybe has um, an expansion in it, yeah. like a sort of like jumbo edition, not, not jumbo in size, but deluxe edition. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm also trying to figure out a way to do like an upgrade kit for people who had the original. But you know that's hard too. So I, you know I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, man. It's you know it's tricky. You know there's 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 only so many things you can do, and when you know. You know, again, it's both part time, but also you know, there's, there's only so much extra money at any given time in the account, so you got to pick your plays. Um, right now, that that expansion is really focused on um, expanding liftoff points and pipes and some other fun stuff, and adding um, adding you know more interesting centerpiece and just really playing with the components. Um, had a uh, another sort of sequel design, which was going to be. Uh, more along the lines of um, you, you've you lifted off from the planet with your aliens yeah. and then you start sort of, you know, trying to sort of t- not conquer, but like land and repopulate on a new planet. All right, okay. Uh, so um, with whatever, but it never, you know, I, I sort of looked around and I was like, if I do anything, I'm just going to do that mini expansion first. But now right now... Um, number of things in development it should be you know have a lot of cool projects moving i try not to set dates when when they're not ready so you know they're just a bunch of balls in the air and as they feel really good uh, i sort of cue them up for kickstarter so i mean have you got is a whole range of other games that you've got then i mean is it is it kind of like going to be like a a party bag kind of mix of sweets. You could put your hand in there, yeah. you could get a lolly out, you could get a chew out, you could get a taffy, you could get a chocolate yeah. bar. It just depends. So, on... yeah, there's Sunset Over Water, which is pretty straightforward hmm. in that it's sort of at the weight of herbaceous. It's really the, you know, Project 2 is sort of in your herbaceous zone in the super lightweight filler. Um, working on a two-player asynchronous game with Keith Mateka for next year, which would be fun. Um, working on a, um, got a, a nice, um, came up to a nice, a nice, um, sort of, um, understanding with Atlas games on how we could do Unkindness of Ravens, which would sort of expand on Murder of Crows. Yeah. That's something that we're working on. Um, but we had to figure that out with them. Uh, what else? What else? Um, I have, we, we are loosely starting to talk about Herbaceous Dice. As another project for that team to work on next really? year, so yeah, That'd be um, big, and, and big chunky, and, big chunky, colorful dice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and Steve does good dice games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, again, they all sort of roll along, and then you, you sort of figure it out, and you you bring them in. Another project I'm working on is called um, Heroes Welcome. It's not a pencil first games game, but I've been essentially doing the product side of it yeah um and and so monkey jump games i think is what mark's calling it that'll probably happen as well so you know lots of stuff it's you know i try i'm still trying to figure out the balance between you know i don't like to have a bunch of open kickstarters right so no. you know you, you, it worked out pretty well with heroes and T- tricks and herbaceous um and so i felt like that was a good thing so i feel you know there's legendary creatures coming to a close We'll do the sunset over water. Yeah. Then I'm basically going to fulfill them both and make sure they all get the backers, and then probably then do the next one. So I think, I think probably the most is three a year. 
if I really pushed, I think. Um, and perhaps. are you are you any closer to the um, the minis game? Because I think I asked you last time you went no. <laughs> oh, me me actually doing a mini game yeah. with minis. Yeah. Um, you know it's funny. Uh, the game we probably would have done it with perhaps was this one I'm working on with Keith because yeah. you have these huge um, um, sort of guardian colossal sort of shadow of the colossus type characters. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but I don't know. I really like meeples, so they're just really <laughs> awesome. They're just awesome giant meeples. Yeah. They're and 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 I haven't. Um, there's a game that's further on the distance. Um, vineyard that is a little is framed around, in a sense, the sort of play of Takenoko, which is just this idea that you have a bunch of characters in the space and you're moving them around in this in this vineyard. Yeah. I. I would do those. I think I, I would. I, I'm going to look at doing those as little plastic, painted ones. Yeah. But they're not. I don't see it as miniatures in terms of army and expecting everyone to like hand paint on their own and like. I, I don't see it as that kind of thing. I see it more as like, oh, I could imagine having a little, paying a little extra to have that thing. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Legendary Creatures had a ton of art, right? It, it's Legendary Creatures, my biggest budget pre-Kickstarter yeah. game. And, um, you know, I think I need to have a balance of these expensive ones and not so expensive ones. And, um, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm learning every, that, one of the reasons I do all those league videos is because I'm learning every time and with every project and trying new things and just trying to share that. Because you're not just, I mean, this is, I mean, we touched on this in the kind of the um, the green room, as you would call it before. This is us kind of saying, right, okay, let's phone each other back and try and get this going because <laughs> that kind of thing. But um, you're doing a lot of content now. I mean, you were doing content before. Um, there was kind of, you were doing kind of like reviews, um, walkthroughs for a while. Um, what, I mean, how do you find the time? I mean... Yeah, the the time piece is is all about being organized. Yeah. But I, I think the um, yeah, it's been interesting because I was doing after liftoff. I sort of made that decision. I was like, games take a year, and I want to do something and add to the community and participate. And so yeah. that's when I started doing game reviews. And those are you know I was sort of like, hey, these are going to be short. I'm not going to do a ton ton of B roll. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to I want to be able to do it and 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 do it in a take or two and then a couple edits. So it's not, you know, they still take forever to do, but it, you know, it's not like somebody who's, you know, filming every component and splicing it all together. But so I was doing that and, um, you know, I'd always film, film my like how to play or any of my, um, any of the videos I did for my games for pencil first games, I, I, I started and actually it was lift off. If, if in, in the final campaign I had committed to, Saving the Aliens, and I did this road trip video experience, um, which was like the first <laughs> giant video movie, modern day, like uh, that I've ever made. And it, it's expansive. It was over three episodes, and mm -hmm. it was over like five states, and even had some special effects. And so after that, I was doing these videos. Um, and then the start of this year, so whatever it is, like seven months ago, has it only been that much? I guess so. Um, the League of Game Makers said, hey, do you want to do articles for the League of Game Makers? Um, 
you know, you've written a couple and, you know, we want some more, you know, we're looking to grow the group a little bit. Yeah. And, and they were like, but we'd want like an article a month. And I was like, there's no way I'm doing an article a month, guys. <laughs> um, but I was like, I could do a video a month. I could even do two videos a month. Oh. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I had been thinking about how I could do different things and just reviews anyway. Yeah. Um, and so I started in with them and I ended up, you know, it's been this cool content outlet and I've expanded. I started with the, you know, sort of design and Kickstarter basics and then Kickstarter advanced. And then I've started doing these Q and A's and sort of pseudo interviews. I've done the 10 designer map sort of thing. And so, um, I've, and I also, even recently in the last two months, I started doing this, another perspective. I, I don't know if it's like a series or like f- format, and then like it's, a, it's like a type of content where I look at something that's happened in the industry and I give some perspective on it. Um, and, and, and those have been reasonably well received. So, you know, it's strange. I never really thought of myself as a content creator, but like you sort of look back at it in, in a moment and you're like, oh, I've, I've made 300 and, 25 game reviews and i have 50 league videos <laughs> and, and 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 suddenly you're like oh i've, I've sort of made 100 hours of content or a thousand hours of content <laughs> like, i guess i'm i'm guessing i guess i make content i know but it's getting that balance though i mean that's what i thought because i was sitting there the other day and i was like going this is going to be episode 83 and i don't remember <laughs> i get to the point now i go back and i think i don't think I've made that. I must have made a mistake somewhere in my counting, and then you check and you go, nope. You know, Podbean definitely says there's 82. <laughs> there's 82 other kind of podcasts out there with you talking on them. I was like, oh my goodness, how does that happen? But do you, um, are you just kind of, are you kind of like spitballing at the moment? Are you just kind of seeing what's kind of out there and working? Are you, have you got a definite yeah. plan? Are you doing it just because, do you know what? I enjoy getting in front of the camera and I, or I enjoy having a chat about stuff I care about. Um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's been a great opportunity to sort of meet more people in the industry, engage, you know, it's one thing when you're like a Kickstarter creator, but when you're doing reviews, just, you can have different conversations. Mm -hmm. I don't have a long-term plan. I will say, recently I've started to sort of with a and a like you 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 start saying how can I do like it, it becomes you start having fun with it I guess what you could say is you start having fun with it yeah. in the sense of I sort of the reviews are pretty pretty standard format and then you sort of say well what else can I do and is this interesting and you try something and you see if people are interested in it and and you try something else. Um, the I don't really. I mean, I don't mind talking and being on camera, certainly. Um, but for me, it's really. I, I the thing I is the most rewarding is people who, um, you know, if it's a review, they get perspective on a game or the Kickstarter stuff. I'm helping other creators. You know, I when I came into it, there was a, you know whether it was Jamie Stegmeier or a number of other people who were sort of leading the way on supporting new. F- creators i felt like everyone was amazingly nice and all in on everyone being successful like everyone wants your kickstarter to succeed right they, you know they're yeah. like, if you're there and you're asking they they want to help and so i felt like 
I, I wanted to pay that forward and I wanted to sort of continue that. So, um, you know, it's been interesting and it's led to different things. You know, the reviews, I've, I've been able to have some shout out to designers and have like a back and forth with the designer I really like in games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had an interesting experience where I did this, another perspective on something the Dice Tower did. Um, and, you know, I hadn't really ever had uh, much of a conversation with Tom Vassell other than maybe a hello or, you know, a pass by when I was, you know, at a convention doing a little talk on, 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 on one of our games with, with, you know, some other host, but, you know, we were at Origins and we, we chatted, I don't know, for 20 or 30 minutes about design and designers and reviewers and, you know, that, it was cool. It's kind of, I mean, I'm continually kind of struck by how open and friendly the kind of the entire community is and how it kind of doesn't seem to have the same, the same kind of, there's a, a little bit of a toxic community about the video game industry which I hope doesn't end up landing in the board game industry, because the board game industry still seems to be... It just generally, people are kind of helping each other. And not not yeah. for a one-upmanship either. Not to go about and say, look, I'm helping this guy, but generally because it's like, well, if you do well, then you might be the person that's going to design the next game that I'm going to end up spending 10 hours of my life wanting to play and having a lot of fun kind of thing. Yeah, I have to agree. I never found a good spot in indie video games, which I did for a while. And there's nothing wrong with it. I just, no. I feel like it's, since it's, it's a bigger industry, there's more people, it, it, everyone's sort of doing their own thing. I think in the board game space, and sort of intrinsic to playing board games with other people, there's just a, more of a community fabric. Um, and, and I've just found it more enjoyable like I, I it was I found much more of a because my career is video games I spent 15 to 20 years doing video games and I never really felt like I was part of a community mm. um, in the sense that with with board games I have now I will say one of the things that's a challenge is the board game online community can both be very positive like you're saying but yeah it does still see its share of sort of trolling and hate that you know isn't unique to board games is you know unique to social media and being yeah. online yeah um and you know it, it just sort of it sort of it just sucks i i recently um you know there's been a big conversation around reviews and and paid content and 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 content marketing and all this stuff and uh, i i was asking some questions to board game reviewers and to to um Kickstarter creators, and there was still there's still a lot of vitriol in, in places, and you know I ended up doing my my, my I, I I think we were talking about this this might land soon, but um, on Friday of this week uh, I have a video on my channel about talk just talking through you know reviews and and paid content and yeah, stuff like that, yeah. and a big part of it's just like hey we're all in here to help each other right we all want to win we're all it's all symbiotic. You know, and we should be able to figure out a way to to think through this and make the right decisions. Um, there's been even the last couple of days, like, and man, I don't want to talk about it because I don't have any information. But I know, like, there's just been lots of drama on the board game group Facebook page and everyone other Facebook page, and and a lot of angry people. And like, you know, it it seems to bubble up at different times. And you know, I just hope we can continue to to grow as a community because I, I think we have a long way to go. But it, you know, it, 
I just think I think there's places where it gets nasty still. Yeah, yeah, I know. But then there's things like that where I can, you know, email the likes of yourself and say, "Do you fancy coming on and having a having a chat?" And you'll be like, "Yeah, it's cool." Or you know, <laughs> you know, it's like I, or you know, like you know, like Jamie, where we've both now spoken to Jamie and you know Jamie Stegmaier, and he's just just genuinely really nice. And it's like, when when do you ever get grumpy, Jamie? Ever? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get crumpy, Jamie? <laughs> Maybe at the bottom of a charter stone, you lift up the final bit, and there's just a big picture of angry Jamie at the bottom going, uh... Rawr! Like that. I'm burning your village to the ground, kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. He's a, no, he's a nice, no, he's a, he's a good guy. I mean, I still, you know, me and Colin always talk about how kind of friendly the, the community is. Um, what's, I mean, you're gonna be doing all this content. You're gonna go lots kind of lots of kind of games going out. Are you the the most important question of the day is the hair, Ed? <laughs> Are you continuing to let this bad boy just grow? Yeah, you know. Um, I can't afford to get haircuts, man. <laughs> um, you might not know this. You probably wouldn't know this, but I mean, basically, I'll just. You know, when I get a haircut, mm. when I do actually get a haircut, mm-hmm. I, I will basically shave my head. Like, not to like, not with like a bick, but like to like a two or something. Really? Um, yeah. And then uh, it'll just grow from there until I cut it again, you know, on my own with a, with a, a, a electric, um, but, you know, whatever, but clippers. Yeah. So I don't, um, um, I there is a chance I haven't seen my parents in a long time, probably oh, almost right. a year, okay. and they're going to be in town. And I might like for my mom trim the bottom so that like right now it's like it just grows from like the bottom of my neck grows at from the, like it's just it's a mess at the bottom. It's not like a nice haircut at the bottom. So I, I might I might trim it there. Just you know, are you can, are mom. you considering beard? I mean, is there going to beard Wardo as well? Uh, if you, if you watch through the videos, you see it in places. Mm. It's not, uh, my wife is not a huge fan. I can usually get away with it for some time. Yeah. I'll do a goatee sometimes. Yeah. Um, but not, I don't think you're going to see Undead Viking, like, big, burly. Um, but I'll, I'll, you know, that'll come, that'll come again. Or, you know. It's not going to be um, like the, um, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video, Hero Quest is the best game ever made. Oh, that guy's awesome, man. <laughs> That's a, that's a beard you could lose a you could lose a gargoyle in that beard. It's fantastic and yeah, I have a, a super itchy phase I have to get through. It's like from three weeks to five weeks. Yeah, where like I just want to pull out all my be- face hair. But after that, it, you know, then you can like comb it and it's all cool. Um, but no, no, no. I, I, I to me, yeah. If 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 Emily didn't constantly start making fun of me about being like a mountain man and like just constantly. I'd probably do that, and also at, at my my full time job, um, being somewhat well kept is 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 important. So ah, right. That's another reason I shave more. Kind of expected. You end otherwise you'll end up looking like Forrest Gump doing the running thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I've enjoyed it. This is the longest I've had it since high school, probably. Really? Um, oh. So it's been going well. See, I'm, I'm at that lovely age where my hair grows out of everywhere ex- except the top of my head. So. You know, if you want ear hair, nose hair, just anything like that, I'm, I'm your man. You know, for it to actually persuade it to grow out the top of my head is, is something completely 
completely different. <laughs> no, we look forward to see what your um, what your um, what your hair game is going to be like in the future because I think it's yeah, a, yeah. it's almost as important as keeping a track on what's happening with the content. It's like what is happening with your hair. Well, I reckon well, you the can... crazy <laughs> the crazy thing is I have this um, sort of digital. Um, you know, now that I've been, I've been doing content creation for almost three years now, video mm. stuff, right? So like, you can just sort of look through, like, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I've not gotten a haircut once since I've been doing the YouTube videos. So if you just go to my first game review, like if you just go to the playlist for my game reviews and go to the first one, yeah, you can just like go every 20, you know, reviews and just see the hair getting longer and longer <laughs> just, and longer. Somebody and, needs and to every... take still images and turn that into a video of your hair just growing. <laughs> needs... every, every once in a while it breaks down a little bit because like I'll film a review and then somebody will like delay their Kickstarter for two months yeah. or like it gets, a, it bounces around a couple times, but just generally y- you can see me going from short hair to long hair in those videos. Have you been tempted to plait it or put it in a bun or anything like that? Or are you just straight up? You know, kinda... here, let, me, let, me, let me say something about the, the man bun and this kind of thing. <laughs> here we go. Uh, I, I think the complaints about a man bun are bullshit. And I think that I, what I don't understand is why women... Like, if you have long hair, yeah. the easiest way to get the long hair off the back of your neck is you just put it into a ponytail and don't pull it all the way through so that it's not on the back of your neck. Yeah. And like, I don't understand why that it's like being somebody who now has long hair, it's blatantly obvious that that's just a comfortable way to do it. So I don't, I don't understand the complaint. I think perhaps it's like maybe with women, you're, you, when you put your hair up in that manner, you, you do it more, you know, carefully, like with care, like in, in a nicer yeah. sort of thing. But like, if you just want to quickly get your hair up off your neck and your back, the the, the <laughs> quickest way to do it is like you just put it into a ponytail and then wrap it into the thing. And so like to me, it's like I don't understand the problem. It's just this convenient, quick thing. I guess there's like I'm not like the sort of proto male. I don't I don't know if they're called hipsters anymore. Like I don't know what the Are you doing? Yeah, the, I don't know. What the, yeah, because obviously the, they're like <laughs> the. The hair, the the people who are like young, gorgeous men with hair buns, right? Like or whatever that is. But just generally, it's like, it's just like, I, when my, my, you know, when people are like, oh, you're putting your hair in a hair bun. It's like, man, I'm just getting off the back of my neck. I know. If you have a better solution, give me some chopsticks. I don't, I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Anyway, anyway. So that was hair care. Ten minutes, and we're not wizards. <laughs> Join us next oh, week. And, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the the crazy thing is I've been, you know, now I have to like ask women, like, "Whoa, what do you do with frizzy hair? I don't know what to do with this." Is that what happens in the humidity? Because you're in California, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I just don't. You know, I think at some point when you've been living with long hair your entire, you don't have to be a woman to do that, right? No. You could just be a guy who's had long hair for a long time. Yeah. But being somebody who, you know, this is the first time I've had long this long hair for this extended of a period in in twenty years. Like, I just don't. I don't know how to do all this stuff. Like the other, you know, I think Emily, my wife was saying, you shouldn't, you know, if you take showers with colder water, your hair won't frizz up as much. Like, I don't know any of this. Like my relationship with my hair is not something that like I have perspective on, but I'm starting to learn anyway. You need to do, you need to do a Kickstarter called, and it needs to be called Strong Hair Game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
And yeah, that's what you need to do. Know. It needs to be hair care and everything like that. That's how you need to do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have to do that. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Oh, what did you do? I spoke to Ed Barraff last night. What did you do? Well, we spoke, <laughs> we spoke about his Kickstarter campaign, what he was doing with social media, and then we spent a little bit of time talking about hair care. Do you use, um, do you use both? I mean, this is the thing. Men and women shampoo, is there a difference? I mean, do you just use anything at all? Uh, I, 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 I use anything at all, man. Yeah. Um, uh, the, um, I, I, I have moved to not using an all in one for my hair, like mm. having a shampoo and a conditioner. It's nice. Mm. But, you know, it, 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 I just want to be clear. We were talking about games and you brought this up. Yeah, I'm just, I didn't yeah, that's bring fine. This up. That's fine. It's on the record. You brought it up. We just let the, we just let the conversation go as it goes. You know what I mean? You know, and if there's somebody listening and saying, well, board games isn't about washing hair, and it's like, well, maybe it is. Maybe you should wash your hair. Because <laughs> then you might be able to play more board games. I'm just that kind of, I don't know, there's some kind of ridiculous kind of tie-in kind of going on, but you seem to have a lot going on, which is all kind of super exciting. But, um, and we will make sure that, um, we'll put a links to all of your stuff, um, in the show notes. But for people listening just now, where's the best place that they can find you? Well, if you're listening right now, what I'd appreciate most would just be to go to Kickstarter, look up Legendary Creatures, and check it out. Um, but that aside, you can go to Baraf.com, www.baraf.com, B-A-R-A-F. And on YouTube, I just renamed my channel. It used to be Edo Barafu, but now it's Gaming with Edo. So it should be pretty easy to find. And, um, yeah, check it out. Cool. Cool. And you're on the normal Twitters and uh, Facebook groups and places like that of this world, we, we will. I'll get the links off you, and I'll make sure that they appear in yep. the in the show notes. So, um, check out Legendary Creatures. Um, come back next week, where we'll be discussing uh, the do's and don'ts of making a beef stew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 um, Ed will be bringing along his uh, his top tips on why you should be cutting um, carrots horizontally instead of vertically. Oh. <laughs> Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, and I've, you know, I've no idea why people continue to do this, but, you know, good, you know, God bless you if you do. Um, you can find us by going onto Google and searching for We're Not Wizards. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We're on YouTube because the wonderful people at Podbean automatically put all of our podcasts onto YouTube. Um, we don't have one of the custom URLs because we don't have enough people subscribing yet. But we are trying to make that happen. If you want to help the show, you can do a couple of things. Uh, jump onto iTunes and drop us a review. Uh, drop us a subscription. If you are going to drop us a review, then make sure you don't give us 10 stars because that gives us a huge big head. And we become quite arrogant. But don't give us a one because that will make us upset and make us cry. Give us a five. Give us something in the middle. Something quite average. Because we are decidedly You're really average. selling it there. <laughs> well, you know, there's only five stars on the iTunes review. Ah, uh, I get it. See, I get it. Now every I week it gets ruined. Every single week. Um, But the person that's not been average at all is the wonderful Ed Baraf no, from Pencil First you. Games. Um, <laughs> this has been a pleasure. Um, we should do this again an awful lot sooner than leaving it a year because it's been an sure. awful lot of fun to have you have you on. As I say, we'll put some links in the show notes so we have notes to show. 
Um, but until the next time, there's only a couple of things left to do. Um, the first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Ed? We're not wizards. Definitely Ed. not. And the second thing to do is to say, um, is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from the wonderful, the fantastic, the long-haired wonder that is Ed, <laughs> Ed Barath. <laughs> say goodbye, say goodbye, Ed. <laughs> Bye, have a good one. <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes. Get yourself on Legendary Creatures and check it out. Um, because it's, you know, Kickstarter is a wonderful thing and it allows people like Ed to put things like Legendary Creatures in front of you. Um, check out his YouTube stuff because it's good fun and very interesting and he is also a, definitely a pro subscription, so drop him something there. Um, but until the next time, it's a goodbye. Bye.